this week when I was uh, um, on, on Thursday, I was I was trying to have a I was trying to have a day a day off on Thursday, and then my phone started ringing pretty early. And uh, anyway, four hours of conversations and phone calls later, I kind of got to about um, midday. And if you remember Thursday, it was a, just a disgusting day in terms of the weather on Thursday. And um, the humidity was really high. And anyway, my agenda was to get out early in the morning and do the backyard, cut the grass and so forth. And anyway, so anyway, it got to 12.30 and I thought, oh, well, what the heck, I'll just go and do it now. So anyway, I got out there and probably about half an hour into it, I was just like completely exhausted and... Um, you know, just like a wet rag. Every bit of fluid in me, I think, was just like coming out of me. And I was completely exhausted. <clears throat> but somehow, in the midst of that, when my body is physically busy, um, it seems that God is able to get my attention at times. I'm not sure if that's the case for you, but for some people, you'll hear stories like, oh, when I was riding a bike, God spoke to me. Or when I was surfing, God spoke to me. Or when I was going for a walk with the dog, God spoke to me. Sometimes our body gets in the way of the Holy Spirit talking with our soul. And anyway, I was in one of those moments where all of a sudden my, my body was busy and meant my soul was open and my heart was open and, and Jesus started to speak to me. And um, he gave me this vision, and in this vision, I found myself walking um, amongst us here at Vineyard Pine Rivers. And as I was walking amongst us, I, I walked up to just random individuals, and I put um, that microphone there, I put it at their mouth. And I said to them, oh, well, I asked them a question. It was a simple question. I said, who are you? And the first thing, reaction was, it was interesting, was the individuals kind of recoiled and got embarrassed as if speaking out their own name and identity was something to be embarrassed about. It was their first reaction was to recoil, not to reveal. And then, um, so I persisted with this individual and I said, who are you? And again, they, they kind of floundered. And so a third time, who are you? And eventually they said, oh, well, my name is so-and-so. I went, that's wonderful. Now, who is so-and-so? And I put the microphone back in their mouth again. And they didn't have an answer. Didn't have an answer. And that was the end of my vision. So I went inside and I stood in the shower for an hour trying to cool down from the heat and started to have a chat with Jesus about what he was trying to tell me. There's a great lack of understanding who we are. Not just in the church of Jesus across the planet, but here among us. And that somehow we're embarrassed to be who we are. And I think Jesus is on the job seeking for us to rediscover who we are so that we can know what we're for and we can get busy about doing what he's, he's wanting to do in the earth. In October last year, Nicole and I, we went and sat down at um, 
down at Woody Point. And the reason why we went down to Woody Point was we were going to spend a, a, a half day pursuing God, asking him, what is it that's on your heart for us as a fellowship of believers as we go into 2014? And um, it wasn't long, and there was a reason why we went there to Woody Point. And we went to Woody Point because um, God has given us great favor in Woody Point in terms of his kingdom, in terms of his spiritual atmosphere. Every other weekend we have a team down there prophesying to people, praying for the sick, seeing God's love break into complete strangers' lives. And so we just wanted to go and put ourselves in an environment where we know God is freely moving and working. So we went and hung out there, sitting down at Woody Point with a cuppa, and we had this big piece of paper in front of us, and not much was on it to begin with, except a big in the middle of the piece of paper was a big red heart, and I just put the numbers 2014 in the middle of it. And we just sat there and we said, well, here we are, Lord. What's on your heart? And at that point, um, <clears throat> we just, you know, didn't get too religious or anything about it. We just felt like God was with us. And so we, we just allowed our eyes to survey what was in front of us. And it's a great view. I don't know if you've ever been and sort of sat along the water's edge there at Woody Point where the Healing on the Streets team goes every other weekend. But as you look back across from Woody Point, you can see um, the big, you know, Ted Smout uh, bridge that, that goes between, uh, you know, the peninsula and sort of the, uh, is it Sandgate, Shawncliffe area, Br- Brighton area. There's a massive big bridge. And uh, um, as, as we were looking at that bridge, um, well, N- Nicole was just kind of saying, you know, I, I just my, my attention's being drawn to this bridge. And so I just started sketching a bridge on this piece of paper and 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 then we said, Lord, what what is a bridge all about? And it was just all of a sudden we realized the Lord wanted to invite us into a conversation about connecting with him and being connected to him. And um I'll show you here, this is, I don't know if this will come up on the screen very well, but anyway, that's kind of how the conversation unfolded. Uh, I'm, I'm like one of those people that when I have a conversation with God, I have 20,000 pieces of paper and I colour in a bit of something over there and, and then I'll write something over here and I'll hold a book open on the counter over there and all of a sudden if someone's, it makes complete sense to me. But as someone else looks at that, they go, what, what, what? <laughs> and, you know, it's great having these sort of conversations with Nicole because Nicole is, she's, she's a numbers person and she's got this amazing gift of administration on her life. And so she's actually able to make order and understanding out of the things that for me are sort of very on that sort of creative fringe where I'm going, uh, I think God's saying this. And she'll say, well, let's earth that. Let's try and earth that revelation. And so it's just wonderful doing life with Nick like that. Anyway, as we were um, looking at the bridge, you can see my bridge there across the top there. Uh, you know, on the right-hand side, I just, we just knew that that was us as a church. And on the left-hand side, we knew that that was the Father. And very, very simply, we, we understood that he was um, saying that um, he wanted us to celebrate Jesus so that we would understand his great love for us, and the flow back um, to us as a fellowship would have implication. 
Now that doesn't sound like some great grand revelation. Well, on the surface, doesn't appear like it. But if you enter in a conversation with Jesus at the simplest of re- bit of revelation that he gives you, it will open you to depths of, of the countenance and the wisdom and the understanding of heaven. If you just give yourself to even same old, same old conversation and yet filled with the Holy Spirit. So as we were doing this, um, the Lord started to talk to us particularly about how this bridge was able to join these two realities. And it doesn't, didn't matter how, how deep or turbulent or, uh, you know, windy the water was. It, this, this sense of connectivity was able to overcome anything that looked like it might get in the way of that connection. And so we uh, spent some time just praying into that, and as we did that, we felt this fresh breeze of the Holy Spirit come upon us. It was a beautiful day, and then all of a sudden, as we're in this moment, just this fresh wind in the natural came over our body, and we just paid attention to it. And we just felt like this refreshing presence of the Holy Spirit come over us. It was just a very simple moment, but in it we knew we were meeting with God. And he started to talk to us that there is nothing too big for me, he said. There's no no things that are too deep or no expanse that's too wide. There's, There's nothing that can stop me from loving you through my son Jesus. And so we just automatically went and grabbed the scriptures. And if you've got your Bible with you, I I want you to open it up to um, Romans. And in Romans chapter 8, this is one of those most wonderful scriptures of Paul. And um, in Romans 8, Paul's talking about what it means to live under the power of the Holy Spirit and that part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is that we get to connect with God as our Father and that in connecting with um, God through Jesus, we then are able to overcome all of the dynamics in the natural and in the spirit that want to separate and seek to separate people from the love of God. I'm not sure if you're aware, but the enemy is very busy throwing circumstances, lies and situations at your life. Have you noticed that? Am I the only one that walks in that on a daily basis? I don't think so. His whole aim is to separate people from the love of God through Jesus. Um, I'll just pick up in Romans 8, in verses 35 through to 39. This is just a small portion of it. But Paul says, who... Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? That word separate means to divorce yourself or to um, divide, be divided or to be, I'm going to leave or I'm going to depart, I'm going to try and get out of, I'm going to put this asunder. Who's, who, who shall separate us from this love of God in Christ? Paul's asking a question. He says, will trouble or hardship, persecution or famine or nakedness 
or danger or sword. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long and we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Now it's important to understand, God doesn't see you as sheep to be slaughtered. That's how the enemy perceives you. He perceives you as sheep to be slaughtered. Because there's already been one who has been slaughtered for us. There has already been one who has been slaughtered for us. And that's why Paul's saying, shall any of these things, as real as they are, can they separate? Can they divorce you from? Can they divide you from the reality of God's love in Jesus Christ? Because the enemy, Paul here is saying, he perceives you as sheep to be slaughtered. In other words, you're fair game. Doesn't it feel like that some days? <laughs> Just in the conflict of trying to walk the kingdom life, it feels like you're fair game. The enemy and the world and everything just wants to take you out. Well, that is true, and that is why Paul is writing this down. But then he goes on and he says, No. Having listed all of those things, shall trouble. How many people, just, just by way of hands, how many people had a troubling experience this week? Okay, hands down. Shall trouble. Shall hardship. Who feels like they're being squeezed and it's a hard season? Hand up. Hardship. Persecution. That comes in the form of all sorts of things. I mean, family, workplaces, political atmospheres, religious agendas, you name it. Who feels like they've had a week, some persecution going on this week? All right. Um, famine. This has to do with, you know, literally um, provision. Are you, are you starved physically? Who's doing it tough? Okay. Yeah. Danger. Now, um, I, w- I would probably say we're living in a fairly safe context. But for some, they may be in relationships where they've been in danger this week. I'm not asking you to put your hand up. Or sword. Um, I, don't, I don't know that we've got any service people at the moment in the life of the church that have to go to war. But <clears throat> Paul's trying to paint a picture that this is what it means to walk in our context. But he says, no, in all of those things, in all of those experiences, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us, through the reality of the person of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He's saying none of that can separate you if you have given yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So what I loved about the testimony of of Oli this morning was some of that old stuff, some of that old stuff sought to try and come mess about with her this week, but she said, no, that's not me anymore. This is who I am now in Jesus. So she came under the convicting work of the Holy Spirit, John chapter 16, verse 8. He convicted her unto righteousness, unto Jesus. 
He didn't convict her about her sin and all that stuff because that's been dead and buried. That's dead and buried. Your dead and buried stuff is dead and buried. (laughs) The work of the Holy Spirit came to convict Oli in that moment unto righteousness, unto Jesus. And she was able to then go, you know what? None of that stuff can separate me from Jesus. She conquered in that moment a fiery dart from the enemy and an agenda to rob her. But she chose the way of the Spirit. This is what it means to live under the Spirit. Go back and read some more in Romans 8. This is what it means. The Spirit upon us cries out in those moments, Father, I want to be connected to the Father. Father is what comes out of us. And how do we access him? Well, access the reality of the victory of the love of the Father? Well, it's through Jesus. Jesus is the connection point. Jesus is the the pathway, the bridge, the connector, the, the, the lover. He's the point. So into Jesus. In all these things, you know, Jesus had a mission. Most people, you go, what was Jesus' mission? Well, you might ask him, like, well, it was to save the world and it was to this and to that. Well, that's all partly in true and right in its rightful place. But, you know, when Jesus is about to go to the cross and he's praying to the Father, he says, Father, I've revealed you to the ones you gave me. That was the mission of Jesus, was to reveal Father God. There's the mission of Jesus. To reveal the Father. Now, how did he go about revealing the Father? Well, he declared that the kingdom was at hand. He made war with the work of the enemy. He set the captives free. He healed the sick. He fed the poor. They were the things he did to facilitate a revelation of the mission, which was, Father, I've revealed them. I've revealed to them who you are. That's the mission of Jesus. To reveal God, particularly God the Father. Luke ten twenty two says, "No one, no one knows the Father, who the Father is, except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him." That's what Jesus is on about. He's revealing the Father. Now, as we go into this year, there is three pegs or three things that you're going to hear hammered and hammered and hammered again. And you're going to get it coming out of me and anyone else who's up here. And you're going to get it in every context and meeting and gathering. You're going to get these three things coming at you all year. Because God is on about connecting people through him who loves us to the reality of God's great love for your life and for mine. You know, so when it comes to vision, often people will talk about bricks and mortar and, and we're going to get this and we're going to build some of that and we're going to do this. Well, a number of years ago, before we even built, bought a building at Vineyard Pine Rivers, we engaged in a conversation to purchase another building nearby. And that process, in the process of that, that sale didn't go through uh, for various reasons. Um, but at, it, at, at the end of it all, had this moment of revelation in the process. 
in the moment of revelation was that the Lord just said quite simply this, people, he says, never forget this, Kirk, people are more valuable than the value of bricks and mortar. Now, if you were here way back then, you may remember that. Well, the Father's pressing that on again. So we're going to get serious about building this year. But it's you that we're building. Not the bricks and the mortar. That's why this place on the best day kind of looks like it's just holding together with glue. Because we're making our investment in who God is building. God is building his church, his people. The bricks and mortar stuff will flow and take care of itself if we get ourselves in alignment with what God is doing in our life. We'll just pour out every cent we've got for the cause of the kingdom when we're in alignment. And so resourcing is never an issue when we're aligned with who we are in God. So as we go into 2014, uh, there's, there's a couple of things, that these three pegs that the Lord's going to go for. The first is your identity. He wants to release to you your true identity. The reason why we flounder to carry the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit and move and bless and, and move with conviction and empowering is because we don't know who we are. Why would we play and participate in something that we don't even realize has been given to us? The Father is going to work on our true identity. Bring us back into an understanding of son and daughter and release again in us the righteousness of Christ. If you go back and read in the book of Genesis, it's very clear, very, very clear. The first thing we see after, as, as God has made Adam and Eve, he made them, the scriptures tell us, in his image. Humanity was meant to be image bearers, a reflection of the reality of who the creator was. And so what does the enemy do? Well, he comes into the garden and he says, don't, don't, don't obey, don't eat, you know, go for it. Eat that which God has said, don't touch and don't eat. Just go for it because God knows if you'll do that, you'll become just like God. The reality was they already were. They already were. They were made in the image of God. And God was pleased to give them his creation and he said, go, have dominion over all the animals, steward my creation for me. And in the way that you do that, it will reflect the reality that the creator is one of love. But they bought the lie. And as a result of that, they lost their identity. They lost their identity. And we've been struggling ever since to figure out who we are. God wants to restore identity. Along with that, God will restore, just like Genesis, the enemy came and he corrupted their sense of purpose, which was to care for, to tend, to steward God's creation, to have authority and dominion over it. The enemy's destroyed that. 
And it comes like this in most people. It comes out like this. It says, I don't know what I'm for. I got no clue what my life's about. I don't even know why I'm here. That's how it comes out. Identity and purpose. He also broke that day in the book in, in Genesis, the Genesis account. The enemy also broke the power of relationship. You see, Adam and Eve, they walked about in complete oneness, absent from shame or guilt or any of that. But when they gave themselves over to the lie of the enemy, they then their eyes were opened and they looked at each other differently. And the scripture says they hid from each other because they realized they were naked. The enemy broke relationship. And ultimately, then we see God in Genesis 2 walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Imagine that. Adam and Eve, they, they got to, up to this point, walk with God. Walk with God. But at this moment, when the enemy sold them a lie and they bought into it, it broke relationship with God. So their identity stuffed, their purpose is broken, they have no relationship with each other, and now they're floundering in, in who they are in relationship to their creator to the point where they run and hide. That's the story of our world. That's the biblical story. That's the biblical worldview. And it's into this. It's into that reality that the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ comes and restores identity. Jesus is not a model. Jesus is not something to look up, put up on a shelf and look at in dust every 30 days and go, oh, if only... Jesus is showing us what a restored relationship is with God, what it means to walk in identity, what it means to walk with purpose, what it means to walk in relationship, what it means to walk knowing that he is loved by his Father. That's where we're going. We're going after this with everything we've got. We are going after this with everything we've got. Identity, purpose. He wants to restore that we can be wholehearted in our love for God. To release us into the power of his love in the earth at work, restoring others to God. Releasing in us the power of his spirit to do the works of his son Jesus and to go after and to destroy the works of the enemy. Purpose. Remember last weekend when I was sharing that um, I was having I was having dinner with um, some guys late one night after the conference when Nicole and I were at, in the states and 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 we were at this after thing and after conference eat up and um, we're, so we're there and down one end of the table is all the important people, all the names, you know, all the big conference speakers. All the ones everyone's going, oh, look at that. that. That were up that end of the table. And, and there's probably about maybe 25 of us there or something or other. Um, we just happened to get there because we were stuck in someone's car. And so we just went along for the ride. And we ended up there. And we're like, oh, wow, we're at the table. This is fun. This is good, even though they're way down there. But anyway, the person that was with us was having a bit of a whinge. Oh, if only I could be at that end of the table. 
If only I could be with them. I should write a story of my life being why I never made it. Seriously, this was what was coming out of my friend. And it was at that point, it was at that point, I turned to them and I said, you may remember, I, 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 said, to the, I said to him, hey, you're here with me. And there was that awkward silence. And he all of a sudden dropped his head. And I said, don't you know who you're sitting next to? I said, I'm an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ, sent from the great south land of the Holy Spirit. That's who you're sitting next to. And he apologized to me. And I said, yes, you should apologize. <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? When the world and culture and, and just the demonic infrastructure of success in this culture that we live in wants to try and tell you who you are. Who are you? Well, my prayer is that before the end of this year, with great confidence, like Paul, who says, I am convinced that none of this stuff, death, life, angels, demons, present, future, demonic powers, height, depth, anything in all of creation can separate me from the love of God that's in Jesus Christ. Paul says I'm convinced of that. For the love of God, by the end of this year, it is our prayer as we pour ourselves out in this place towards each other, that you too will be convinced of who your real self is. That you might be able to, with great confidence and conviction of the Holy Spirit, when people try and box you, put you in a corner, sit you down, tell you what you're worth, you can say, no, 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 no. Sorry, you're sadly mistaken. You don't know who I am. This is who I am. And let the confession of your mouth be the work of the reality of the love of God through Jesus Christ that's in your heart so that you can tell the world, you don't shape me. You don't get to tell me who I am. You don't have the power to say whether what value I have. You don't have any of that. Because I've, pay, I've, paid in, I've paid in, I've put in, I've thrown in, and I've given everything to here. This is what tells me who I am. He tells me who I am. He tells me my worth. He gives me purpose. He gives me vision. I don't care what you think. It's all about him. That's why I gave my life to him, because he's the only thing from heaven and earth and under the earth that holds everything together. It's him and him alone, Jesus. And it's out of my relationship with him I know who I am. The reason why we don't know who we are is because we don't know Jesus. God's going to give you a new sense of family this year that will cheer each other on, just like we did this morning. I just love that. You know, our family gave some testimony about what Jesus was doing, and the rest of the family went, yes, 
I, I want that work in me. And then we championed and we just gave him a little polite little clap. What was it? A golf clap. <laughs> well, maybe by the end of the year we might sound like Suncorp Stadium where Queensland is actually crushing New South Wales yet again. <laughs> but that kind of atmosphere, it's like, yeah, they know who they are. Because God's restoring relationship and conquering everything that wants to say, oh, don't hang out with that bunch. All the lies, all the rubbish of the enemy, all the, the, the brokenness of our past wants to jump up and tell us, oh, don't do that, don't go with that. Ugh. Everyone belongs. Everyone gets to play. Read 1 Corinthians 12. But so whatever you do, just be bold. Find a place and serve. Find a place and serve. Don't observe, serve. The Father didn't observe your situation. He took on flesh, became a servant, Philippians 2, taking on our very nature, even though he was God himself, and served. You want to get into living out your identity? Get into serving. And I asked you this at the start of the year. Perfection is not the pathway. Participation is. So if I walk up to you and I ask you, do you belong here? And you say, yeah, this is my home. I want to with freedom say to you, where are you serving? Who are you serving in your family? How are you serving them? And I hope to goodness you can answer me. Serve. This place is a hospital where people get healed, where mercy flows like a river and justice. This place is like a school where we, we equip the saints to do the ministry of Jesus. This place is an army that's released to go and do it. Go and do the stuff. Go and cast out the demons. Go and heal the sick. Go for it. Go whether it's just into the mercy center next door to do it. Go as far as Caboolture, if that's where Jesus says, go and do it. Go maybe like to Westgate, Williamstown, Victoria, where John and Naomi had just said, I'm going to go. Go there. Maybe Jesus will even say, I want you to get on a plane and I want you to come with me to Indonesia. Just go. Serve what Jesus is doing. Participate. Don't observe. Serve. Jesus has come to restore identity, give us purpose and family, the church. Guys, there's a, there's, there's a concerted effort here of the Holy Spirit on us in this season. And we're inviting you to overcome all of those spiritual dynamics that separate. There they are there, just out of Romans 8. That's the front line. That's the front line. That's where God loves to play, right where the enemy thinks he has permission and victory. That's where the relentless love of God in Jesus says, right, we're going there. We're going to nail this stuff. We're going to heal you up. We're going to restore your identity. We're going to conquer all this stuff 
It can be overcome. It can be overcome. And not out of self-effort, not out of self-righteousness, through him who, what's us? Loves us. If you don't get that you're loved, you won't make the connection. If you don't get that you're loved, you won't get the connection. You won't get the connection between what you do and how you spend your life and who he is. Unless you know that you're loved. John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, Jesus. And Jesus in John 17, Father, I have loved the ones that you gave me. You don't get the love, you don't get the connection. It's our prayer that the Holy Spirit, the love of the Father and the power of Jesus' name will confront all of these things that are both internal and external realities that are trying to tell us how to do life and watch Jesus be victorious and then step into the new you. The new you. So participation is the key this year in what the Holy Spirit is doing among us to bring us into sonship and daughtership, the righteousness of Christ, to find a place of belonging, of care and activation and servant participation. Be all in. Just be all in. Be all in. Like hold nothing back. And if your friends that are with us, with you amongst us, if they get a little conservative and reserved, as you're going all in, just grab them by the hand and take them in with you. In all that you're doing, just come on. Come on, let's go all in. Just like the love of God did for us in Jesus. There is a great work that the Father has for us to do. The ministry of Jesus, through you, through me, to heal the sick, cast out demons, signs and wonders, get spiritually activated in the things of the Holy Spirit. All of this is what God is doing this year. But there are our three pegs. Identity, belonging or purpose and belonging to the church. I love the church. If there's one thing that the Father has built into me is a love for the church. I studied with the, the guys that were going to be Catholic priests and I studied with the, some ladies that were going to be um, Anglican um, nuns. I, I st- I've studied with them all. And, and from that very moment, as much as we parted on issues and all sorts of different points along the way, God gave me such a love for his church. Whether, whether we're raging Pentecostals or, or, or if we're the most social justice-orientated uh, place that's, that's you know, not really interested in signs and wonders, God's given me a love for the whole church. We love the whole church that's in this region. I saw another sign up this week that there's another little church that's popped up in our region. I, I couldn't even get the name of it. I was driving past the sign so quick, and I'm like, yes, another body of believers in our region. They're popping up all over the joint. God's breaking in. God's revealing himself through Jesus to people. God's building his church, and through the church is witnessing to the world of his great love. So he, that's, that's where we're going 
And this is where I hope at the end of the year we will be able to say, I know who I am because I am connected to Jesus Christ who reveals the Father to me. And not only do I know who I am, but I know who you are. I want to, I, I, I'm not just interested in my own gain. Good kingdom living, Philippians 2. We're interested in each other getting to the finish line. I know who you are. And collectively, we will all be able to say, I know who we are. That we would be a per- people of purpose. A great sense of, I know why I'm here. And I know why you're here. And I know why we are here. And finally, a great sense of family, kingdom family. I belong to God's family on the earth, the church. I serve her wholeheartedly and I love her to bits. Every bit of her. This is who Vineyard Pine Rivers is in our journey with the Father this year. Now, we're going to start where we began. Through him who loves us. Through him who loves us. Everything we do this year, it's through him who loves us. In relationship with him who loves us. Out of the overflow of him who loves us. Out of the authority and the power of him who loves us. Through him who loves us. Most wonderful thing that I saw about this morning when um, just some of our family was up here just sharing about the reality of, of what was going on for them in those baptisms was you could hear Jesus just spilling out of them, coming over them. It was on them. It was awesome. Through Jesus. I have a personal assignment. And if you haven't noticed that by now, I'll let you in on it again. Some of you know it. Some of you may have never heard me say this. I have a personal assignment from God. You ever seen that movie, Blues Brothers? <laughs> I'm on a mission from God. <laughs> I have one of those. Well, you know, he was like really passionate about that. As broken and as crazy as they were, they were on a mission from God. Well, I have a personal assignment from God. And he gave it to me the day I became the senior pastor of this church alongside of Nicole. And the reason why it's been the ride that it's been is because he said these two things to me when he stood in front of me the day that I became the senior pastor of this church. He turned over his shoulder, looked at me right in the eyes, deep into my soul, and he said two things. Stay close and keep up. At which point he turned his head from me and started moving. And this is what it's been. This is my assignment. And I invite you into that as a church that we will be a people who will stay close to Jesus and keep up because he loves us. He loves us. There's a great plan.
going on here, unfolding here. Here's what I want to do. Uh, who's on the desk up there? Andrew. Uh, what I want to do is I just want to play that baptism video again because I just love it. It's just like, just, you know, entertain. Just give me permission, all right? I just love watching that. People just getting completely revolutionized by the death and resurrection of Jesus. And then if, if, you, you don't have to wait, okay? You don't have to wait. But what we're going to just do is we're just going to like open up and we're just going to say, Jesus, would you just baptize me into what you're doing in this season through this church? And if you want to get on the journey of restored identity, restored purpose, and deep belonging to the church, come and join us up the front. We'll just start praying and we'll just see what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Does that sound like a game plan? All right. Holy Spirit, just prep our hearts as we just watch this uh, this video right now. and We just welcome you just to take it, all of that, <clears throat> all those words, and just reach into our spirit. Come, Jesus. We welcome you. We love you. Thanks, thanks Andrew. Let's just watch that video.